You're listening to the Passion and Perspective podcast with your host, Jonathan Robinson-Lees. Josh, welcome to the Passion and Perspective follow-up session live on Facebook. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, Jono. Uh, thanks very much for, for setting this up and look forward to having a chat over the next little bit. Josh, when we last spoke in the first half of 2020 on the Passion and Perspective podcast, you said to me that new opportunities, new experiences and new people help you develop and evolve so much and help you grow as a person. How important has that mindset been for you over the past two years? Yeah, it continues to be a real a, a real pillar of, I don't know, I'm not going to say my being, but a real pillar of something that I, I live by or use those interactions to shape my journey as I, I travel through my mid-30s and onwards. Um, I think certainly in my mid to early 20s, it was very much about me, 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 um, you know, for cricket, for example, we'd have player appearances and things and you would take a very selfish approach, like I've got to do this because then I've got to go and study or I've got to do this because then I've got to go and train. And then now it's much more of a um, how can I can contribute and what experience is going to come out of this thing. So um, I've certainly learned definitely post 30, now 34, that absolute nuggets can pop up in the most unexpected places um, and to just take everything as it comes to you. And, and if you're a little bit of, um, you know, spirit fingers, but um, if you're always on the lookout for opportunities and positive experiences, you'll be amazed what pops up. Do you think that's always been a mindset within you, Josh, is to explore new opportunities and, and to embrace the journey? Not to embrace the journey, definitely like I've always wanted to find a better way for doing things, much to the dismay of my wife, um, to my employers and teammates and stuff in the past who all say, you were doing this so well, why are you now doing this? Um, because business as usual isn't my, isn't my greatest attribute. Um, so definitely I've always wanted to find a new way of doing things, um, but haven't always been so... I guess, pace, patient in the approach. That's only come in more recent times where um, uh, I, like like we just spoke about, have become a bit more tolerant and kept a bit more of an open mind and enjoyed the journey a little bit more. And that experience of exploring new opportunities, you spoke about the patience being one thing. What else has it taught you, though, when it comes to, to that exploration and, and experiencing different things? Um, just a lot of, like, there's just so much learning to be done if you're looking for it, right? So if you're going into any experience, uh, starting a new uni course, starting a new job, um, covering for a person at work in a different role, it could be going on a holiday to a place that you don't like, could be going to a family barbecue that you don't want to go, but whatever it is, um, it's, uh, it's taught me to um, just have a bit, of, a bit more, again, not being cliche, but a bit more of an open mind um, and just looking for those nuggets um, and you will find value absolutely anywhere. You just need to be open looking for it. So um, what I found is that if you're open and looking for it, it's a bit more sticky, the experience you have as well, even if it's just a conversation with an uncle that you haven't spoken to in five or 10 years, what something as small as that, 
Uh, you'll pull a little bit of interesting information about what they do for work. And then in five years time, you'll think about an experience you're going through and you, you're like, oh, I can call so-and-so. That's going to be really helpful. Um, I know that's a really poor example, but you think about the complex interactions we have now as um, as people, especially as we, as we come out of COVID and start moving around a lot more, we're going to start um, becoming face-to-face a lot more. And I just encourage people to embrace that um, and look for, look for opportunity and everything. This is the Passion Perspective follow-up session on Facebook with today's guest, Josh Layla, and your host, Jonathan Robinson-Lees. Thanks for joining us. Josh, one of those new ventures that you have explored since our last chat in 2020 was starting your own business, MyPeak. Tell us a little bit about MyPeak and the motivation behind starting that. Yeah, so MyPeak is essentially um, an amateur athlete development program. So um, shock horror to a few people if they're watching is that I've got a background in cricket. So um, we've anchored the program in cricket for the first few years in terms of the types of athletes that we're trying to develop um, because there's obviously natural synergies. But the long-term plan is to have that branch out into other sports as well in that amateur space. And the reason it was founded was um, I've been in and around amateur sport for roughly 20 years, um, particularly in cricket and have a lot of expertise there. And just think there's a better way to do things. Um, Cricket in Australia, uh, I can't speak internationally, but definitely within Australia and sport within Australia is very top-down heavy model. Very few get a lot. um, And I don't think that sports and the participation element of sports has adopted technologies that allow information and sessions and knowledge and things to be scaled and allow that pyramid to be reversed where why can't the masses get access to high quality training information, high quality, high performance concepts around nutrition and mental preparation and things like that. So really leveraging the technology that's available um, and the types of information that's available and putting that in the hands of amateur athletes who, who wants it. So that's the, that's the premise. And for an athlete coming through the program, Josh, what are you hoping to achieve for them? What's the change you want to see in an athlete? Um, what's the change we want to see in an athlete? Um, for them not to be so obsessed with their sport. So a lot of the people that I grew up playing with, it was, I've got to make this team, I've got to make that team. It's the be all and end all. So one thing that we focus on is we try to develop um, good habits and good people first and good role models, uh, good peers, good leaders within society um, and you'll tend to find that if you look around most of the you know states cricket squads across the country again i can't speak for other sports but all the australian men's team there's some pretty good people in there morally you know train hard work hard make good decisions um, if we're focusing on developing those things which i think are under underutilized at times um, then hopefully we can create better people um, that's going to put them in a better position to succeed on the field because the, the way that I reference that for people to understand is there's been roughly 450 people to play for Australia. That's a huge, like that is a minuscule number compared to how many people have played the game. There must have been at least 450 other people who were equally as good. So why didn't they play for Australia? And it's often these other things that we're trying to teach the kids about um, hard work, uh, being respectful, how to be a good leader, how to deal with failure, these kind of things or what separate people at different levels. And it's not just playing for Australia, it's going for a job interview, getting into uni, finishing school, starting your first job, getting your driver's license. Like 
the, the day-to-day issues that people deal with, I think um, we, you know, we talk about it being a mentorship program wrapped up in cricket, but what kid wants to be part of a mentorship program, right? So um, that's the kind of things we're focusing on. And Josh, what has the experience been like for you as a business owner? Yeah, yeah, good. So I'm the ideas guy. So I'm great with ideas, uh, identify gaps in the market and linkages between opportunities. Uh, in terms of the delivering, I'm finding that it's a lot harder, um, which is something that an old boss of mine taught me. Um, you get paid for what, get you get paid for what you deliver, not what you think of, um, which is a, a very a, a line no truer uh, than what I'm going through at the moment. But um, look, it's been great. It's been a tremendous experience. Um, I'm very entrepreneurial by nature, um, but that that in itself uh, doesn't mean things get delivered on. So again, as I get further from my post-playing cricket career, that learning to deliver is something that I'm um, you know, continuously practicing and continuing to try new ways to learn on how to deliver in different projects and different circumstances because ultimately, like I said, that's what you get paid for. Do you think that by putting yourself out there as a business owner now and almost taking away that safety net, has that forced you to make decisions rather than, say, dwelling or looking for the best yeah. option? Yeah, yeah. Money that you've got to execute. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So when you when you're thinking of ideas, you often operate in the utopia, right? So you and I talk often, uh, and when I do, I talk about I talk in hyperbole just to get my point across. So um, I don't talk in the grey. I talk in zero to a hundreds. But when you get into you know run your own business, as everyone will know, that fifty five to forty five percent decisions get made all the time. Um, and often it's that navigating your way through those those tricky decisions time after time. It's a bit like cricket. It's a bit like being on the cricket field. The right answer isn't always readily or easily available. Um, you can make pros and cons about a lot of things. So it's constantly navigating through that um, that will set you on a particular course. And hopefully that's to, to success, but you never know. Josh, since our last chat on the podcast in 2020, we've seen the global movement through Black Lives Matter and other yep. movements to highlight and then eradicate racism. You were involved in the startup of the Reflect Forward project. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, the, we had a bit of downtime during COVID at work when we, lots of people were adjusting to working from home and moving through that rhythm of pick, you know picking up that online workload. Um, and I found myself with a, a few hours spare a day and wanted to put that into something. Um, and speaking with a few uh, mentors at the time um, suggested that I start up, you know, they're like, use this energy that you've got and put it into something, create something, and was talking to them about some of the things that were close to my heart that were happening at the time. And being a, an Indigenous person, Black Lives Matter coming to Australia was a really interesting experience to go through um, and a set of emotions to sort of, you know, figure out where you stand on certain things and um, all of that. So, it led me to to using my connections in sport to try and kick off um, sort of an anti-racism project that uh, used multiple sports and got them on the same page to try and address this. And over the last two years, we made some really um, promising gains in that area um, and hopefully can continue to do so moving forward. Was there something specific that resonated with you about the global movement, Josh? Um just that there, at a really high level, there was something that was clearly wrong that was systemic, not and right across the world. So 
not well when I say the world, the, the world that I'm exposed to, which is largely the Western world, um, it was clear that there was an issue around racism and segregation that was systemic and needed to be addressed. Um, and the more that I had conversations with people about it, the more apparent it became. Um, not that I'm ignorant to it existing before, but just how it has seeped into our day-to-day lives. Um, and it, you know, when you start going down that line, you start to feel pretty guilty about being part of something and not doing anything about it. And that sort of led to me taking a little bit of action. And as a proud Camilleroy man, Josh, got that right. How yeah. Your, how has your connection to culture evolved over those past two years? Um, not as much as I would have liked, to be honest. So that it's sort of, uh, I'll tell people that probably from about 25 onwards when I started getting drawn into a lot of um, Indigenous cricket ambassadorial stuff, have I started this sort of slow um, exploration into our culture. So um, whilst I'm Indigenous, the culture aspect wasn't a, an enormous part of my upbringing. I generally had a, a, a relatively wide Anglo-Saxon upbringing. Um, so I'm sort of on this journey and something about Black Lives Matter sort of hit home and sort of catapulted me further along that journey and um, certainly made me a bit more inquisitive about some things. And it's now led to, I have no doubt that it's led to me now working, which you might touch on in a sec, but with KPMG as part of our KPMG Indigenous Services team, which is another sort of um, leap forward in that journey. And like I'm sort of drinking from a a fire hydrant, as they say, and just learning it um, as much as I can. But yeah, certainly still on that journey very much so. And it is a great segue, Josh, into the next question. Working now as a consultant for KPMG, what has it taught you and what are you hoping to achieve uh, by taking on that new role? Um, To be competent at my job and deliver, like we spoke about earlier. So um, interesting interesting thing about being a consultant is you work across a a lot of projects, um, very, like we are working on some very varied projects, but at the end of the day, there's no leaving it to someone else to deliver. You set out with a client about something that they want from you and they bring, they bring you in for your expertise and you need to, to deliver on that. So um, one, it's taught me a great, it's teaching me a great set of skills on how to take that entrepreneurship that I have a bit more naturally and turning that into results. But then from a personal and from a cultural point of view, learning a hell of a lot about Indigenous Australia and what, again, you know, Black Lives Matter sort of, brought out a lot of stuff and advanced my knowledge. And this is taking it even further now, dealing with Indigenous organisations on a, on a you know, daily uh, and learning about what they're going through, the kind of services they're trying to provide to their communities. And, you know, we're speaking to a group in far remote Northern Territory one day, and then we're speaking to um, uh, Aboriginal community-controlled organisation in the middle of Melbourne in St Kilda on another day. So learning a bunch from who's in charge, what their issues are and what services they're trying to deliver. It's, um, it's been great to date and hopefully plenty more to learn. Yeah, we understand there are huge areas of growth and improvement as society, but what would yeah. you encourage people to do day-to-day in their lives to, to gain a better understanding of our Indigenous culture and help make a change? Yeah, um, get familiar with reconciliation. So the reconciliation movement is a big one across Australia. Um, most famous 
or the, the piece that brings that out is the reconciliation action plan, which is um, a document that's often created by organizations to contribute to reconciliation, which is that bringing together of um, non-Indigenous and Indigenous Australia. Um, so if you're not familiar with reconciliation, spend five minutes a day just Googling it, looking at different organisations that have reconciliation action plans and the, trying, the things that they're trying to achieve, um, I think would be the first, the first port of call. And then we've obviously got National Reconciliation Week coming up. Um, I'd also encourage people to, you've all heard of it, right? You see the designs on your work signatures or posted on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you're looking. Um, I would just encourage people to click on that link and see where it takes them and see what they can learn because um, Australia has a, a deep history in this space, which is pretty grim. It's also been a lot of positive work happening over the last 10 to 20 years from some really important people. So um, would encourage people to, to play a small part in that wherever they can. This is the Passion and Perspective follow-up session live on Facebook with today's guest, Josh Layla, and thanks for joining us. Josh, how has your view of success in life changed over the past two years? It's a very deep question. How long have we got? As long as you need. Yeah. Um, it's a really interesting period for me, right? Like I'm, I'm very close to the end of my cricketing career. Technically, I'm still um, there. Hopefully, or maybe we'll see about if we play in the Big Bash again next season. Let's let's see how the cards fall. But um, it's a really tricky question to answer in terms of what was it, how you value success? Yeah, your view of success, has it changed um, given the two years of, of transformation you've had? Yeah, it definitely has. I, I can say that comfortably because I'm not the same person I was two years ago. Um, uh has my view of success changed? Yes, it has. I'll say that um, first moving, initially moving more out of cricket. So about a year and a half to two years ago, I would have been looking to move out of my role within cricket altogether so as an administrator. administrator um, and thought at the time that to be successful, you had to be busy and to be successful, you had to be moving forward at a rapid rate. So this idea that you've been playing cricket for 15 years, you would have had a pretty cool career had you not been playing cricket over those last 15 years. So you need to make up for that as quickly as possible, um, which I have been doing, but it has become awfully tiring um, and very resource intensive and you're, you're not a lot of return on your investment. So... I guess over the last little bit, I've realized that um, things will move in time as hard as that is to believe. But it's a little bit like what I spoke about right at the start of this is you need to have faith in faith in the process without turning into a 76er. Um, trust the process that set yourself on a course. Um, speak to a few close mentors to make sure that it will get you where you want to go. And then don't feel like you've got to take on six or seven things to, to try and make up for whatever's missing, I think. We spoke offline before today's chat, Josh, that you're in a mindset now where you're starting to peel things back. Whilst there's projects on the go and yep. you are keeping yourself occupied, there's a desire to, to really come back to what's important in life. How has that mindset shift changed your energy? Um. It's a really good point. I probably haven't been doing it enough to answer that completely, but that concept has come from a place of if you're looking for opportunities all the time, things are coming up. So there's no need to fill your life, you know, 
six and a half days a week because if an opportunity comes up, all of a sudden the first thing that gets pushed out often is family time, right? Or something else, pardon me, that you're passionate about. So I think the premise is peel things right back to the bare bones that you can put extra time and effort into, like one job, like your family. Um, you might think about studying, but you might not because you are speaking with people at work in different days or on keeping in touch with old colleagues and opportunities for small projects or for small um, business opportunities and things may come up from time to time. So you've got to have the capacity to be able to deliver on those when those opportunities arise. And they're going to be the rocks that sort of shape you and shape your career. So you don't want, you know, that it's popped into my head a little while, a little bit the last few weeks is that idea, what do they say? That life is made up of the big rocks sitting in a jar and the sand is the days that go by in the middle. You don't want your sand to be too gluggy because you, you know, you're just treading water the whole time, just trying to survive. So um, that's sort of the approach that I'm taking at the moment is peel things back. And then when an opportunity comes, you'll have the capacity to jump into it and hopefully crush it, um, which undoubtedly will lead to another opportunity down the line. Josh, at a local level, you are still involved with the Penrith Cricket Club. Absolutely, um, yeah. Cricket capacity. What is your vision for the club and, and your involvement there? Yeah, so again, having spending a lot of time around amateur cricket um, and, you know, on a number of different sort of formal and informal roles in the Sydney Cricket Association, I've seen the full gamut of Premier Cricket right across the country, really, Um and I'm not confident that the role that cricket, Premier Cricket plays within our cricket infrastructure, within our local societies is, is where it could or should be. Um, so the vision that I have for Penrith Cricket Club is to really lead the rest of the country in being connected to the community, pillar number one. Um, people often think of Premier Cricket as just a bit of a factory to produce players to send upwards, sort of up this high performance pathway where I think Premier Cricket Clubs, with the size and scale of the people that they have, you know, often have 50 to 100, you know, our club with our, with our male and female players would be probably over 100 players and their families. That's a pretty important factor of any commun local community. And if you can mobilise those people to be more active in the community um, and think of the Premier Cricket Club as the top of the community it's representing rather than the bottom of something else, I think that becomes incredibly empowering. You start looking for more opportunities to do good in the place, um, you know, in the place that you're from, whether it's Penrith, Manly, Joondalup, um, St Kilda, wherever. Um, I think if we think about things that way, then we're going to keep our feet on the ground. We're still going to develop good players and hopefully impact the community around us. And beyond cricket, Josh, looking back to life more generally, yep. what's next for you? What excites you about the, the near future in your life? It's a really good question. Um, again, I'm old enough and ugly enough that things are, uh, things are going to pop up. So I'm, I'm loving the work that I'm doing at KPMG. I'm loving drinking from a fire hydrant there and just learning an absolute bucket load. I'm sure my, my teammates will say, oh, Josh, Josh is doing fine. Yeah, that's what it, that's what you think when I finish work at five o'clock every day and my mind's still ticking about everything that we we're working on but um, loving what I'm doing at KPMG loving working for a big firm that has the capacity to 
make you better, provide you with opportunities, uh, opportunities. You know, just today they were talking about encouraging people to go on secondment and to work overseas. They're building an education hub in Sydney for all of Australia to come and um, develop them as people as part of KPMG. So loving, absolutely loving my time there um, and hoping that as I, I won't say progress, but the more time that I spend there, the more I become, I sort of navigate my own path as I inevitably do in most things. Um, and take full advantage of, of working for a great place there. Um, if I start to peel a few things back, it will allow me to spend a lot more time with my family. And when I say spend time with my family, I think be more engaged because there's, there's a bit of a difference there, right? Um, I can be with my family, but thinking about the things I've got to do on the other six and a half days a week, or I can be with my family and be with my family. So that's something I'm looking forward to getting better at because it's something I'm I'm very poor at. Um, and mate, they're they're about the two things that I, I want to be putting a lot of time and effort into at the moment and, um, yeah, keep the wheels ticking. You talk about being present and engaged there, and it's a challenge yep. that a lot of people and a lot of parents are faced with. What do you do or what do you, you know, plan to do to be more present? Is there, is there a tactic or a technique that you do to keep yourself focused and compartmentalised? No, there's not. Are we good with the recording there? Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, <clears throat> No, there's not. So in the past, I have seen a sports um, psychologist isn't the term we use at the time, mental skills coach, something like that, um, about being more present on the cricket field um, particularly. So there are a couple of, um, like I used to start, I had a gratitude log going for a little while there. So um, at the start of the day, I'd write one what I was looking forward to about the day. And then before I would go to bed, I would write down something that I was grateful for the day. Um, so there are a few things that make me at the time, which I can lean back into is you'd always, when you first start the gratitude log, you have to really think about something that you were grateful for that day. And about a week in something will happen at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And you're like, I'm grateful for this. I'm going to remember that for tonight. And all of just all of, all of a sudden you are more present. You're just a bit more engaged. So there's those few things and, and a few others that I'll, I will try um but again it's something it's a it's an art right it's not something that can be learned it's a bit more of a lifestyle change and josh taking a moment to reflect now if you were talking to yourself oh, two gosh. years ago when we last spoke on the podcast yeah. what, what advice would you pass on just chill keep your eyes up just relax things will come um probably uh at the time i was searching for certainty or something more established to sort of pro to provide me with that confidence that things will be okay from a career and a, and a life sort of I think that my current role has that um, even though I probably it took me a year to realize it um, but thing yeah my advice would be just chill things will be fine and exactly what I said at the start look for opportunities in everything um and they will come not and it's a bit like getting advice with sport some things don't make sense to you, you try everything right try everything if it works for you sticky take it if it doesn't work for you just let it go past it's the same with opportunities there'll be a million opportunities that you'll find when you're looking for them um, not everyone's a good one to look into as i've also figured out but um yeah speak to those around you um and run through run them through that filter as well 
uh, and that will set you on the best path. So that's probably the advice that I would give to myself. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Passion and Perspective follow-up session live on Facebook. To catch all the latest episodes, show notes and articles, head to passionandperspective.com.au. Josh, a big, big thank you for your time and for sharing your journey to date. Wishing you all the best. Not a problem, Jono. Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully someone will find some value in that. Thank you, mate.